Oh, we haven't even sworn yet. No, I have twice. Oh, all right, okay, yeah. I said, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, Okay, but okay, guys, it's um, part two of our Lions special. Um, I am Cami Black, and I'm joined again by Rory Baldwin. Hello. And Gav Harper. Hello. Um, we're going to start by uh, talking about, you've got a piece that's coming up on the blog, Gav, as we are recording, but should be up by the time this is out, um, looking ahead to Scotland's summer tour and the sort of the benefits of only having two players away with the Lions tour will have. I mean, do you, you see that as a positive thing? I think so. I think summer tours are always difficult because um, you either use them as a kind of development tool and try and get I think there was, if you remember when we toured South Africa in 2013, I think there was 10 guys won first caps. But um, not many of them have come on to anything. But this this time we can really go away with almost a first-string side and there's no reason why we can't come back with three wins and maybe, maybe do ourselves a... Give ourselves another push in the world rankings because you know Wales and, and England, particularly, are going to have completely second-string sides out in their tours. So there's no reason we can't maybe close the gap on the the top four. And Rory, do you agree with that? I mean, is it is it a positive thing, or could you know would Townsend have maybe preferred to blood a few sort of people on the fringes or a few of the sort of younger lads coming through? Yeah, I mean it's a. Uh... It's probably a, a tricky one. He would have, been, he might have, uh, he might have fancied giving some some young guys um, a, a cap or two. But you've got to wonder exactly who those would be. I mean, um, obviously we're going to be without a fullback, which probably will mean that either Taylor or Maitland will fill in. But I don't think, you know, either of them, well, Maitland maybe would would consider themselves the. Uh, the sort of long-term solution, if you know, say, oh, God forbid, picked up a, a nasty injury or something. Um, you know, Blair Kinghorn has gone a little bit off the boil at Edinburgh, as you know, as Edinburgh players are, are want to do these days. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if he's, you know, does he deserve a, a call-up? Tudy might fancy taking maybe somebody like young Darcy Graham, sort of skip a skip a generation almost, and and get them on the on the touring. You know, in the in the touring mindset, get them in the training with the squad. I mean, Vern was pretty good at, at getting young guys to come up and join the Scotland camps uh, for the, for that experience. Mm. You would hope that Tooney can continues that sort of behaviour. But again, he might think, okay, if if we get loads of guys in the Lions, uh, it'll be like uh, you know, it'll be like Glasgow in the Six Nations. We'll we'll have a mess about get the tombola on the go and and uh, you know and, and get some experience but he might think okay I've got my full team here now pretty much let's you know let's go and have a crack let's go for three wins from three um let's you know let's not make this a development to, let, or let's not make this a tour about developing younger players let's make it about developing Scotland as a team and a squad to kick on to that next level which is you know what they need to do if they're going to get if they're going to get respect um in lion selection and in the wider world and you know if they're going to start winning winning bigger games and and getting getting the chance to to tour the the tier one tier one nations again, we hear that that's going to be happening um, with a bit more rotation coming up. So, you know, Scotland have kind of been locked out of Southern Hemisphere tours for I don't know 
it's probably four or five years. Um, uh, I think it's longer than that because we were. Yeah. I can't, was it the last pod we were talking about in looking at Scotland's heavy defeats or victories? I think it was early two thousands. The last time Scotland properly toured New Zealand, I think. Yeah. In fact, I think it was two thousand because I think it was about two thousand when they did a proper New Zealand tour because uh, Biggers turned out turned out against Scotland um, in a midweek game randomly for some new uh, New Zealand sites. <laughs> Craig Smith. Yeah, Craig Smith um, no turned out for some provincial team in New Zealand and then came back and signed for Edinburgh. Um, I was looking that up the other day for some reason, but yeah, so it's been it's been a good. What were you saying, Gav? That's that's great knowledge. How did you how did you come up with that? <laughs> well, he's he's a Berwick lad, so I just it, it was there at the back of my mind, and it just stored somewhere. And then I went on. I just suddenly I I, I had it in my mind that it was a Lions tour. And so I went on to check just because I thought it'd be an interesting quiz question. Um, but then, no, it was a Scotland tour. He turned out. I'll find out what, as we're talking. I'll try and find out who, um, who, what, what game it was. But yeah, it has been about uh, well, nearly getting on for twenty years now since we Scotland have regularly toured the top sides. Like you said, they've sort of been left to play the Islanders and yeah. And I mean, if, if Scotland are the number five side in the world as we claim to be, then you know we should that should be enough cachet to get us uh, you know get us the three test tour somewhere um i think they're going to switch to just doing two test series in world cup years maybe something like that um and they're, they're shifting to july but yeah the, the re- reschedule calendar should see i think it's from 2019 or 2020 um scotland will be back touring so you know it's cool. it probably is a good idea to get the players used to that sort of thing as soon as yeah, possible I, I agree with that but i'd love to see us be able to go on an alliance type tour. Nothing is as long, obviously, but when you're talking about kind of getting young players and on tours, there's not much merit for taking somebody like a Darcy Graham or a you know a guy out the twenties, because you almost now prevent, for example, a current twenties player wouldn't be able to play in the, the Junior World Cup or guys miss out on opportunities in sevens and. Mm. Uh, I think if there was an opportunity to take guys like somebody like a Scott Cummings, for example, um, and play them in midweek games, non-cap games, yeah, that's a, a would be a huge benefit to, to teams like Scotland because you would, you know, you stretch your player pool massively. Uh, I can tell you that he played for Nelson Bay. Oh, lovely. Player. Nelson Bay's against Scotland during the uh, 2000 uh, summer tour. And then came back and, uh, and um, was contracted by Edinburgh. So there you go. Bit of trivia. That's a good quiz. That'd be a good quiz question for anybody that's interested. Um, so um, any any, I mean, for either of you, do you given that we're sort of seeing Townsend's likely to uh, take a full strength squad, do you think there'd be any surprises in there? Um, I don't don't think so. I mean, uh, Gab put a sample team together for the uh, for 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 his article, and it was um, it was much as much as you'd expect. Really, it's pretty much everyone apart from Hogg and Seymour. Um, it's going to depend on fitness. It would be lovely to see Hardy um, and Nell uh, rearing fit and rearing to go. Um, that would do a lot for the depth. You know. The more of your first team guys you've got, the stronger your bench looks. And have you know now we've got we've got Figerson on the bench, and you know you wouldn't be afraid to bring him off the bench. Whereas in say the World Cup 
2015, they clearly were afraid to bring anybody off the bench for for Nell. Um, so yeah, who who do you, I mean behind behind Finn? Who is he likely to take on to uh, at fly half? Yeah, I think um, it's probably Pete Horn. He's had a few games at Glasgow the last couple of weeks. He's looking okay. Um, the the kind of worrying thing is there isn't really anyone. There's Dunkey Weir, um, as you say, is not really having a great time at Edinburgh, um, and yeah, Hastings probably still too still too young. Um, he'll need at least at least a season or, or two, I would have thought before he he'd be ready for a, a call up. So yeah, it's I guess it's um it's Finn and then we're back to Greg Laidlaw as a as a backup. Sorry, Finn then Peter Horn and, and then Greg Laidlaw possibly. Possibly. And uh, Gav do you are you back with us? I am back, yeah. Sorry Good. about that. That's all right. Money have you put the money in the meter? <laughs> Um, we were just talking about Scotland's fly half options. Have you? Um, I mean, um, you know, Rory's saying you've got Finn, then Post, then Pete Horn, and then Laidlaw as your backups. I mean, is that it? Should Finn have to go in as an injury replacement? Is there anybody that you uh, would like to see take the step up? Kevin Hastings is the obvious one. Um, <laughs> do you know what? Almost, if he wasn't moving from uh, from Bath to Glasgow, I think. More give him more of a shot, but it'd be good to just make sure he gets settled at Glasgow and mm. um, has kind of a, a stress-free summer as possible, and then maybe look at getting him in the squad, training with the the team for for the autumn. But I think uh, he's the real, the, the only obvious choice. I think our days of uh, turning to Dunkey Weir have to be nearly at an end. Um, his form for Edinburgh has been, even by Duncan Hodges' admission, pretty rubbish. Um, Rudy Jackson's not really done anything this season. Tom Heathcote, likewise. So we've got plenty of guys there that could fill, fill a space. But uh, I was actually quite impressed with Pete Horn. Zebra were absolutely abysmal. But uh, I was quite impressed with Pete Horn at 10. Yeah, he did well. I actually think that's probably his position. Because I think, for me, He's too wee at, to play 12 for mm. Scotland, and I think we've got enough depth in the centre now that we, we almost don't need him to play there. So I'd like to see Glasgow work on a combination of Hastings and um, Horn as, as kind of backup international tens. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what Rennie makes of it because he might bring, you know, traditional kind of Scottish way is having a bit of a basher, Rob Dewey style at 12, you know, Dunbar kind of fits that mould. With a little more class, maybe, but um, it'll be interesting to see what Dave Rennie brings because obviously in New Zealand they love a, a kind of second five eights, a ten who's a bit more of a you know a Pete Horn is a, a second kind of distributor. So it might be interesting if Glasgow maybe switch to that. Then you know in Russell and Horn they've they've kind of got that already, which Tooney's already used them a lot. But uh, I agree, you know he's the only one that looks like a, a decent quality backup to to Finn at the moment until the the young guys. I mean, there's a young guy in the under twenties, Josh uh, Henderson, I think. Who who looks quite good, but he's you know he's he's very wee, um, so uh, he maybe needs to grow a few inches and 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 get a pro contract. Yeah, he's also I was just going to say he's also playing for the Glasgow Hawks, which yeah. again doesn't do anybody any any kind of not enough no disrespect to Hawks, but um, playing in the Premiership's not probably not going to enhance your international credentials. Yeah, not not for a while. 
And then what about um, is it, um, Horn Jr.? Is it too early for him? I think, uh, I mean, they, they had a... He's, he's, he's done all right. I mean, probably anyone who's gone away with the sevens has a, has a kind of... Has a handle on the the touring, traveling the world thing, and, and could probably you know be in with a shout if if they if he needed a stopgap in the international squad. But um, certainly what I've seen of of Horn Junior, he looks more like a nine than a ten. Although you know he can play both apparently. Um, so I yeah I would be I would be tempted maybe to you could take him as the third third nine I guess. Mm. Um, None of the none of the other Edinburgh nines are sort of covering themselves in glory buying laid law and price, um, but yeah, there's Pergos as well, so he'll probably he'll probably be in there. I, I would think. And then, is there anybody? I mean, like, in the Japan tour, uh, Vern rested a couple of uh, the guys. I think I think he rested Hardy just given the length of um, the previous season. I mean, is there anybody you think that Townsend is likely to want to give a rest over the summer, or is he just going to take every? I've um, I've said that I would probably give Ross Ford a rest. Um, <laughs> is that it? Well, no, do you actually genuinely mean a tactical rest, or do you mean uh, a rest because he's Ross Ford? I mean, I mean a tactical rest. Um, <laughs> I think actually, I think he could probably do another couple of seasons um, coming off the bench because he seems to have his his kind of starting jersey. At Edinburgh, almost um, sewn on his back. I don't know what McAnally has to do to, to get in the team, but um, maybe have a. I think it would be worth having a look at, at Rambo again off the bench as kind of Fraser Bim's back up. They're almost very, very similar players anyway. Um, both can kind of converted back row, so it would be interesting to give maybe Stu an extra couple of caps. And maybe have a look at somebody like Pat MacArthur, um, who's not been involved with Scotland for a few years. And again, though, that it, it probably highlights Pat. I don't think Pat MacArthur's that, in kind of rugby terms, that young anymore. And it probably highlights our lack of um, depth at hooker beyond kind of Fordy, Fraser Brown, and, and Rambo, where we're starting to really kind of struggle. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe we need to look at. Somebody younger, somebody. I think somebody on Twitter suggested to me that George Turner uh, would be an option, but he can't get a game for the same Edinburgh team that's losing to the two Italian sides. So I don't know. It's difficult, but Ford maybe. Um, I wouldn't pick Dickinson even if he's fit. That foot concerns me, um, and there's no doubt. Doesn't seem to be a suggestion that he would be fit, but if he was, I'd be inclined to leave him. And let him have a full, a good crack at the start of the season with Edinburgh. Yeah. Um, I hope WP Nels can go because I think Xander needs a bit of a break um, from maybe from starting games. I'd certainly take him and put him on the bench. I think previously I had suggested maybe resting Xander, but um, he's maybe been well managed, better managed than I'd imagined by Glasgow. So I'd certainly take him and stick him on the bench, but. Um, yeah, hope I hope WP's fit. But I think, barring the front row, we should be good to go. We've got lots of guys there who've got who are kind of first choice now with very low numbers of caps. So, like Hamish Watson, for example. So, I think no reason not to give them another crack. Lions are dead. Lions are dead. It's time.
Okay, it's a new section, it's Lions Hot Take, uh, so what we're going to do is try and look at the Lions from a slightly different angle uh, every time we have a podcast between now and the end of the Lions tour, if we actually go through and bother covering it. Um, I am going to kick it off. I have gone for what does the Lion King teach us about the Lions? Um, <laughs> so I've, I've gone with five five things I've learned as is the sort of standard way of dealing with these things. So uh, firstly, I've got Crash Ball doesn't work. Scar tried it when he stampeded the Wildebeest. Works temporarily. It took out Mustafa, but he still ends up losing overall. I think that's a fair point, Rory. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's uh, that's a pretty uh, pretty pretty damning indictment of of uh, Warren Ball there from uh, from Disney. Uh, my second point, Gav. Uh, the original is the best. Lion King one and a half is a solid sequel, uh, but after that, it was increasingly diminishing returns. So the Lions need to make sure they produce something original. Yeah, so that's, that's that's a fair point. I think if we go and uh, see something like we've seen before, I don't think that'll go down well and it'll go very far. Um, then I've got don't reveal your plans as you're about to win. So this is about leaks. Um, <laughs> As there seems to be quite a lot of them out of the Lions camp, although that, not all of them leaks, accurate. Leaks, leaks, with a, leaks with an E, is it? Uh, yeah, with yeah. an E, and, and with an E. Um, <laughs> you know, um, I think um, the Lions need to make sure they play the full 80 minutes. Scar reveals to Simba that he murdered Mustafa, and ultimately it gives the lad the motivation he needs to put in 110% and seal the win. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's fair. You've got to turn up for 80 minutes against the All Blacks. Yeah, and I guess... Um, I'm sure if uh, if Scar had like a big black tent he could put around the, the training park, he w- he would have done it. Yeah, I mean, I I, th- I don't think I think he was uh, too much of a lone wolf. Didn't rely on the hyenas enough to give yeah. him the support he needed. Um, the hyenas were too busy leaking things to the Daily Telegraph. I think that you know, that yeah, that, and therein lies the problem. Um, listen to the ghost dad in the sky. That was my next point, um, and it's quite. It's quite prophetic what Mufasa uh, says to Simba, and he says, "You've forgotten who you are, and so have forgotten me. Look inside yourself, Simba. You're more than what you've become." Uh, and that's, uh, I think, what I took from that is that the lions need to take their place in the circle of life. They're more than the sum of their parts, and need to put aside national tribalistic feelings and pull together and select more Scottish players. Yeah, I think that's that's accurate, Gav. Is that? Completely fair. Yeah, uh, and then my last one was uh, Haka Una Matata. Um, Haka Una Matata. Yeah, um, terrible. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was quite pleased with that, but but uh, it generally means no worries for your rest of your days, and it's a problem for your philosophy. So yeah, I mean, I, if I could, uh, I I could probably add to that because we have our own little uh, Timon and Pumbaa buddy buddy act in Hoggy and Seymour going. Um, that, that's think, true. You know, yep. Yeah, you know the, oh, okay. the one the one thing that Lions tours do seem to throw up is uh, unlikely friendships that last a lifetime. So uh, I'm chuffed that Hoggy and Seymour get to experience that. But they'll maybe, you know, it'll be interesting for interesting for them. I mean, it must be interesting for you know all guys who go on these tours, um, because you know they're suddenly going to be sharing sharing a dinner table or possibly even a room with like our favourite pantomime villains. You know, Webb, Bigger, Murray Sexton. Um, Maru it, it, it must be you know it must be interesting when you've spent most of your professional career because a lot of the Scottish guys have been excluded for this apart from Hoggy. Um, 
if you spent most of your pro career thinking that guy's an arse and then suddenly you're sharing a room with him, it must be it must have to be quite a strange experience. Yeah, I mean, I think that that probably comes back to the Timon and Pumbaa uh, relationship, yeah. you know. You'd, you'd, um, and you would just say Hakuna Matata and and get on with it. And that's it. I mean, and that's I, I can't is it? Uh, I can't remember which one's the warthog and which one's the meerkat, but the warthog. Um, I think loses all of his friends because he breaks wind next to the watering hole initially, <laughs> um, which you could sort of draw parallels with Bigger's general yeah. buffoonery, um, and you know, but it all ends up happily. They all end up pulling together yeah. and defeating Scar. So, yeah, so that that's the first of our hot takes. Um, we'll have another one next time from someone else. Comment of the week. Okay, guys, it's time for comment of the week. Um, it's comment of the week this time more, and it, it's the comment of this week as we're talking. Um, we've gone back over the blog um, since the last podcast and uh, picked out um, some of our favourite comments. Um, Gav, what have you picked out from the yeah. blog since the last podcast? So I think mine, uh, everybody's been talking about the Lions. I think so mine's focused on, it's, it's, sorry, it's from the, the squad announcement. Um, and the comment is from Look at the Big Tiger, um, who says, "Is that his name? That, Look at the Big Tiger." Yeah. Who describes uh, Dan Bigger as a histrionic rodent? Um, or and then, maybe. And then goes on to say, uh, "I won't be supporting New Zealand." Uh, but I can understand why so many Scots feel no connection with the Lions. I'm 23 and have never invested in it due to lack of Scottish players. The sanctimonious, you aren't a true fan if you complain about how many players from your country got picked. Twaddle almost invariably comes from the Welsh. We seem to get a free pass in the team. Uh, Roland the Scotland summer tour was a strong team, despite some of the injuries. I think that maybe reflects what I was saying earlier about the lack of, kind of Scottish connection to the Lions, maybe how people are maybe becoming a bit disinterested, certainly up here, um, and people are kind of getting more and more behind the national team when maybe in previous years would have been on tours to New Zealand. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I would draw a point of order to, what is he called, look at my tiger, or look at this tiger? Um, <laughs> look at the big tiger. Look at the big tiger. Point of order is that um, Dan Bigger is known as Salacious Bigger. In, uh, in this, <laughs> this parish, um, but yeah, I think it's a valid point. I mean, a lot, there was a lot of that on Twitter today about people saying, "I think a sort of certain generation." I'm probably on the fringes of it, at 35, um, who struggle to remember a time when we felt positive about a Lions tour, and I think that's the risk to the Lions as a brand and something that might not trouble the coaches, but ought to trouble the yeah, think- the suits that that if they don't start having a quiet word and saying you need to pick more Scottish bods, um, they're just going to lose interest from quite, you know, albeit a smaller part of the market, but they are going to start to lose interest from north of the border, and that must be a bad thing for them commercially. Yeah, I mean, the fewer, uh, the fewer sort of ex-lines you've got to say how it was the highlight of their career and all this sort of thing that, that you hear a lot, um, then the fewer young guys coming through are going to aspire to it as players. Yeah, and then who are the you know the the corporate partners in um, you know twenty years time have got fewer guys to draw on to yeah. speak you know to come and do the promotion 
north of the border. Yeah, I think that, that's fair. Um, I think, you know, a lot of my mates are kind of, have said, oh, four years ago we supported Australia. I think we were, I remember, in fact, us all watching the, the, the second test. Willie and Ryan Grant onto the pitch. Never happened. Richie Gray got the token 15 minutes. Um, my first rugby memories are the 97 tour. And, you know, although we were pretty well represented then, really, in the last three, it's been pretty shoddy. And like a few of my mates have texted me today saying, oh, I'll be straight to the sports shops tomorrow buying a, a new All Blacks top. And maybe that shows where kind of people are, people's thinking is. Yeah, it's a tough sell as well because I think for a lot of people, New Zealand are their second team. So it's not like, I mean, there's already quite a lot of goodwill towards the All Blacks, um, probably in Scotland particularly. So it's not like it's a team that you, like South Africa, that you might already sort of have some sort of begrudging animosity towards Rory. <laughs> yeah, I think that, you know, that that's that's fair. Um, I went over to New Zealand for, in 2011 for the World Cup there, and, you know, it's a great country um, to tour about, and um, the, the people are wonderful, and the food's great, despite what Stephen Jones thinks. Um, he, <laughs> he might have a point about the rain, but, um, yeah. I was just gonna I was just going to say on that, you don't want people then to... Like you hope coaches and stuff, players as well don't can almost falsely um, come up with this these jibes about New Zealand because everybody that's been there, whether it's as a, a holiday, you know, on holiday or or to play rugby in some capacity, says what a great place it is and how nice the people are. So you hope that we don't try to drum up a kind of false rivalry um, to generate a bit of interest. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it was it was interesting when you know when you're over there, um, everybody was really interested to hear, and they were like, "Oh yeah, well, Scotland are our second team. We've adopted them," and you know there were loads of locals dressed up in kilts and dressed as Braveheart and stuff, and but you know they were all very much also about the All Blacks, and it would be interesting to see what it would be like. I may have said this in a previous podcast. It would be interesting to see what it would be like when it's actually you know when the reason that you're there is to try and beat the All Blacks because obviously they knew that Scotland weren't going to be um, competing against the All Blacks at least not until the, the knockout stages so they were, you know, everyone was encouraged to pick a second team and they got right behind them and they were, you know, everyone was very friendly and interested where you, you came from and there's that shared heritage but at the same time um, now you're going over there, the aim is to try and knock a, knock them out of a, a three-test series um, they're not going to take kindly to that in their own backyard so I think they're there will be, you know, there, uh, there will be welcoming and stuff, but there'll also be that there will be that edge too, slightly more than than maybe if your, you know, if your national team w- was there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, um, I mean, it, it's interesting talking about heritage because you know, Vern Cotter in his sort of later interviews was sort of talking about how much of a similarity he saw between Scotland and New Zealand in terms of the people and the cultures, and I think that's perhaps why. So, you know, having my brother was over there, and I think it's it makes it hard to dislike them or to build up a feeling of competitiveness or support for the Lions. Given we've got no representation, it then becomes easier to want the All Blacks to win. Um, what's your comment of the week, Rory? Well, I mean, um, there's a there was to be honest uh, the 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 
day of the Lions announcement and possibly the night before, there were some uh, there's some real real belters around the around the internet. Um, there was Bill Lothian suggesting that Fraser Brown's yellow card was actually the starting point for the demise <laughs> of the Lions uh, as a as an entity globally, presumably. Um, and there was BT Sport putting up a a map of which countries contributed how many players that didn't actually have Ireland on it. Which was, which went down really well with the, well it had no it had Northern Ireland yeah, Northern Ireland, Ireland, yeah. It, was, it was that was their bit for the peace process um, and then of course there was uh, Gavin Mears in the Daily Telegraph leaking an incorrect squad the night before um, <laughs> which I don't know I, I don't know maybe that was just extremely clever spin from the, the Lions camp uh, Josh from the Blood and Mud podcast pointed out that it might have been extreme cunning because they you know they leaked something so horrific that when the actual squad came out, everyone said, well, yeah, apart from Joe Lodgebury, that's okay, uh, you know, except for viewers in Scotland. I am, um, um, I, I, I can, speaking of Twitter very briefly, I, it's breaking news, but um, I've got a badge of honour in that today I was blocked by Stephen Jones. Oh, welcome to the, <laughs> welcome to the club. Um, I merely suggested that um, most of the Welsh, toured, only five out of the 12 Welsh uh, squad hadn't toured with the Lions before when he said the majority had, so... Um, Oh, so you pointed out, pointed out the truth to him? I pointed out the truth to him and I'd been blocked um, as a result. Um, yeah. So I, I didn't swear. I think I was quite reasonable. And then, no, but I'm now blocked by Stephen Jones. So oh, well, I'm, I'm, you can wear that like a badge of, badge of honour. Um, uh, yeah. My comment was from Aid on the uh, Alliance announcement post and he said, um, disappointed as we all are, save some of your anger for the lack of Scots in the test team. I have a feeling neither Hogg nor Seymour will even make the squad. Instead, they'll be stood twiddling their thumbs outside of Dan Bigger in the dirt trackers. What a waste. And as for those suggesting that players are the SRU boycott the tour, it's not going to happen. First, it's an incredible honour for the players, and second, it makes a large sum of money for the SRU. And when you think that the monies are divided equally between the four home nations, but we're only risking two players to injury, then it's actually a reasonable <laughs> investment. Bigger, though, dot, dot, dot. Um, so, yeah, I think that you know sums up uh, a few few things um, I, I fully believe that all the players, at least in the first week, will have the chance to or w- will be given lip service towards playing for a place in the test team. Um, I fully believe that if Hogg can, you know, if he has a good couple of games and is looking sharp in attack and doesn't have any catastrophes, there's no reason why he can't start the, start the first test at, at fullback. He's, you know, he's the standout candidate. Um Seymour Seymour's an interesting one because his form's not been great, but I think the environment will probably suit him. Um, and I think probably his, his kind of understanding with Hogg will suit him as well. So, um, yeah, I've, I you know I would like to think that those guys will challenge despite for that, but it does have a very good point about the, um, about the return on investment. Um, I think the money is split four ways between the unions. So, um, actually, financially, you know, a, a Lions winning test tour that doesn't involve any Scots or only involves two, you know, could bring in big piles of cash, but, uh, but a very little risk. Yeah. Especially if Scotland, like you said, win the three, their three test matches and move up the rankings, whereas others might struggle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I went with one on the Kelly Brown article, um, just because I thought it was worth marking his, um, retirement from rugby and it was uh, Chrissy White who said that Kelly was always a workhorse and not one person can take that away from him uh, IMHO which is, is that in my humble opinion mm-hmm. as young people speak um, a scapegoat for the SRU and potentially Scott Johnson and Vern Cotter um, and then at the end she said with regards to coaching I think you'll see him as Melrose head coach when Rob Christie uh, 
leaves. Uh, thinking about it would be ideal stepping stone to an SRU position with Embra or Glasgow. Um, that was very much the case with John. Uh, is it that D- DL? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, mean, I, th- I was looking back over it, and actually, we'd pushed for uh, Kelly Brown quite a lot in Vern's early days, as when Scotland was struggling to close out games, as maybe a bit of a calm head, yeah, a bit of experience. Um, and I think he probably was treated harshly. I think there was an argument to bring him back in um, earlier, as, as to sort of help out and be able to voice the yeah. some of the younger lot. I mean, he, he was kind of basically replaced by Blair Cowan for a, for a few, you know, for a season, and Blair Cowan's nowhere nowhere near it now. I think there, there could have been a lot more that the young guys could have learnt from learnt from him. Um, mm. I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will reappear in the game in Scotland in the future. He seems to be going well. You know, Saracens are no mugs. They're not going to give him an academy position just because he's a club servant. You know, he, he's he, he'll be there. He'll be doing that doing that job because they've identified that he's good at it and uh, it'll be interesting interesting to see where he goes next Yeah, I mean I, I, the, the Melrose head coach point I'm, I'm sort of hoping in a way that he doesn't do that I'm hoping that he goes away and works with the likes of Saris and other top professional clubs because I think that's probably where he'll get his experience I'm not sure that being head coach of Melrose with all respect to Melrose is, is necessarily a good enough stepping stone to then come back and work in Scotland I'd much rather he got experience elsewhere at a much higher level and then came back as part of Glasgow or Embra set up um, I don't know what you think Gav Is, am, I being, am I being too harsh on Melrose? No I think that's a fair enough, fair enough point I think uh, he's probably not going to learn as much it maybe would impart knowledge on, on good club players at Melrose but in terms of Kelly's development as a coach he's probably not going to learn as much as uh, say somebody like Mike Blair has done in the season at Glasgow um, and I think Saris have got a reasonably decent record of kind of bringing through coaches um, from ex-players I know Charlie Hodgson's currently there, there's obviously a few others um, have been been through that system so hopefully he gets a bit of an opportunity to work with their academy guys and then maybe there's an opportunity to look at him as part of the Maybe as a part of Cockrell's Edinburgh set up in in a year's time. Okay, guys, it's time for uh, hands in the rockets or any other business section of the podcast. Um, Rory, we'll start with you. What's had its hands in your ruck with you since the last time we recorded this? Um, well, the the obvious is the the, the lions lions announcement, but uh, trying to, you know why 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 you know we've ranted about it for this episode and the last one, so why why stop now? Um, yeah, I think uh, there's there's a few kind of few as, aspects of it. It's more it's almost like I've had my own you know hands in my own ruck or something. Um, going back and having a look through. Articles that I wrote back in back in sort of two thousand and nine and stuff, um, saying, you know, why why I love the idea of the of the lions and um, sort of and then looking at twenty thirteen, it's it's like slowly watching watching a you know watching a relationship dissolve. Um, 
in a, in you know in, across the across a couple of seasons of a TV show or something or indeed real life. Um, there's a lot of right. Okay, here's your team. You've only got two, but it's time to come together for four nations. And I think that maybe the four nations should be Ireland, Northern Ireland, Wales, and England. And uh, and we're the fifth one that's been forgotten about um, in the in the British and Irish Lions. I mean, the Lions as an abstract concept is amazing. It's romantic. It's the you know it's the idea that you can form a sort of scratch team um, and go and perform some some feat of sporting greatness. Um, I mean, it's like uh, it's like escape escape to victory. But with fewer Nazis and Ben Teo instead of Sliced Alone. But what we've got now is if they said sorry to the army, uh, good job in the desert and all that, but the Navy and the Air Force have got this and you can make jumpers out of old socks if you want to contribute to the you know, to the war effort. Um, and I'm a bit gutted because I was totally looking forward to this tour. Um, you know, you look at the talent available in the British Isle British Isles and Ireland. And, you know, we're putting out a great, strong team going down there and genuinely having a crack at the All Blacks. Um, I was able to get right behind the 2009 squad because, you know, that was a tough tour. It was a good bunch of lads, and including Jamie Roberts, who's been sadly denied a place on this tour. Um, and, the uh, you know, the few Scots involved were in a poor Scotland team and they merited their places on the, on the Lions tour, um, even if Fordy never really kicked on from that Lions tour. Um, but the you know the 2017 model is a strong squad they've got. But what you know what's to support? Um, I'd support a scratch team that wants to play some rugby. Um, but that's probably as Cam said earlier. It's, that's the Babas coached by Vern Cotter, um, who are assembling quite a nice nice looking team. It's probably just a shame that uh, the Scotland guys will probably be on tour rather than available for that. I mean, you look at uh, you look at the backs that that Gatlin's picked. There, you know, you could have a backline of Hogg, Watson, Seymour, Joseph, Henshaw, and Farrell, or but you know, you could also get Halfpenny, Williams, North, Davis, Teo, and Bigger. Um, it just uh, the first the first backline seems like the, that's a plan B, and I don't think there is a plan B. So it's all going to be in in service of the service of the mighty Warren Ball, and it just you know it doesn't sound very entertaining. No, I think that's. I I would agree with that. I think if you're going to go and play the All Blacks, you ought to be going and playing, attempting to play, sort of, playing them at their own game. Or it should almost be given this sort of the best, should be the best of the Northern Hemisphere versus the best of the Southern Hemisphere. Yeah. They should be going there and trying to play sort of Harlem Globetrotters style that's exhibition good. stuff. I mean, something like that, you know. I I think. It's hard to for a scratch team to do that if you don't have that understanding, which is why they often pick combinations, which is probably why you've got Seymour and Hogg there because they will have that instinctive kind of understanding of what the other guy's going to do with the ball or without the ball. Um, but, I mean, these guys are, you know, these guys are the best rugby players in the world, some of them. They should be able to kind of work out even after a couple of weeks. I mean, you know, rugby's not that complicated a game in terms of finding the space, supporting your man, you know, take and give. The, they should be able to to cut cut some nice moves together. I mean, okay, the All Blacks are going to be incredibly well drilled and hard to break down. Um, but you know, if you get three guys in behind the defensive line, you should be able to execute. You don't need a fancy move to to do that. You need instinct, pace, and skill. And you know, the Lions should have that. So I don't see why they have to. I don't know. I don't see why they have to kind of 
bash it up. Um, so I, I will I will wait to be pleasantly surprised by uh, by Warren's Warren's approach. Um, yeah, I've only got an All Blacks tea towel from 2011 in terms of like black <laughs> size, so I can't. I'm not going to rush out and buy an buy an All Blacks um, top, especially as I've fiercely criticised any of my mates who have tried to to do that in the past um, <laughs> when they don't actually, you know. It's it's kind of glory hunting, really, in, in my eyes. But uh, but yeah, I'm probably I was planning to you know book half days on all the Wednesday mo- Wednesday mornings for the midweek games and stuff. Um, I'm probably not going to bother doing that now. I'll catch the catch the games on YouTube. Well, that brings me onto my hands in the rock. What I've done is I've gone through every single fixture that the Lions are playing and worked out what uh, your alternative is on that day. Uh, so first game Saturday 3rd of June which is the New Zealand Provincial Barbarians which is the one that Warren Gatlin's son's playing in I think Um, it's the Champions League final uh, at the Millennium Stadium Mm. Um, Wednesday the 7th of June uh, against the Blues Um, WRC are holding a two day essentials for managing drain repair costs uh, in in their office in Swindon Uh, the aim of the course is Yep, that, that's, that's more appealing than the Champions League final to me. To be honest, yeah. <laughs> uh, the aim of that course is to improve understanding of the cost-effective use of this key maintenance discipline. Tenth nice. uh, of June, it's Scotland Italy, so yeah, there you can just sort of forget about the Crusaders match. Um, it's Scotland Italy, um, but it's also Scotland England and the World Cup qualifier two days after a general election. So that should be uh, lots of fun. Probably best to avoid Glasgow on that day. Um, <laughs> 13th of June, um, it's the Highlanders match, so we'll I think we'll just all support the Highlanders. Yeah, probably. Um, the 17th of June is Australia versus Scotland, uh, so again, we can forget about the Maori All Blacks game. Um, the alternative on the 17th is Guns N' Roses are on tour, um, and it's the Ember Whiskey Festival. Uh, 20th of June is the Chiefs game and on that day the Chartered Institute of Housing um, are running their estate management course in Edinburgh Um, so you can find out how to uh, look at issues of estate and neighbourhood management looking at the problems in managing estates and solutions and new methods to try and alleviate those problems Uh, yeah it's a hard choice that one Uh, 24th of June which is the first All Blacks test uh, is also the same day as Fiji Scotland so again that fairly straightforward yeah um also on that day it's the supply teachers conference 2017 um it says this conference will continue to develop local and national strategies to tackle issues affecting supply teachers including rates of pays from agencies use of unqualified staff um and also what children are really supposed to be doing how to tell if that's their real names and who hid the chalk um 27th of june um University of Hertfordshire are offering a course in Vulva Disorders, the Fundamentals. <laughs> That's instead of the Hurricanes match. Um, and then the, let's have a look, the 1st of July, which is the next test, is a Norwegian Fjord cruise with John Virgil that departs from Southampton. It simply says, join former snooker player and current snooker commentator John Virgil. That's it. I don't know what else you do. Go to Norway with John Virgil. Possibly going to Norway, but not, not confirmed. Uh, yeah, but but you, John Virgo is definitely there. Uh, and then the 8th of July, which is the last test, um, and this is the biggie, this is the one I think everyone should go to, is it's Inverness Comic Con, or NESCON, uh, with headline guest David, uh, sorry, Jason David Frank, who played Tommy Oliver, who was the original white green Power Ranger, 
Uh, he also starred in movies such as uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie, and Turbo, a Power Rangers movie. Um, and they've got somebody from Harry Potter there as well. Um, but I'm not going to insult him because no. he's now he's now an MMA fighter, so, and I, <laughs> I watched him fight on YouTube earlier. And there's no way I'm going to um, I'm going to make any comments about him. Well, you, so, yeah. yeah, I have a I have a spare room and an airbed. So if you're coming up to the Comic Con, just you know, give me a shout. Oh. Yeah. So plenty. There's plenty of options. I mean, the Scotland Games clash with uh, quite a few Lions mm-hmm. games, although probably kickoff will be different. But there's yeah, plenty of options stuff. for things things to do. Yeah, sounds sounds, uh, sounds like an intriguing month of June, and that's without you know, without even worrying about the, the nonsense in the rest of the world. Yeah, the uh, world. yeah and Gav, you what, what's had its hands in your ruck? Um, I'm going to stick, stick with the Lions and moan about the leaking of the squad. Um, I think the players don't find out until the announcement's made. That's know, right. Yeah. Yeah. On TV, yeah, and um, do you know what? It's not helpful when people start leaking squads two days out. Um, there was about half a dozen squads, and even um, on the morning of the announcement, there was a squad with bizarrely with Keith Earls in it, and uh, <laughs> people people suggesting all manner of things. And I actually just had a quick scan through Twitter and see Jonathan Joseph has tweeted. Uh, it was an interesting couple of days, but he's pleased to be in the squad. And you imagine that the, it must be so frustrating for the players. And at the end of the day, they are just ordinary blokes who play a bit of rugby for a living. Um, I feel sorry for all the guys who are who are not involved, but maybe thought they should have been. Um, see, there was a tweet from Joe Lunchbury congratulating Elliot Daly. Um, but yeah, leaking squads and stuff's really not. Not helpful, um, particularly when the information's wrong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was trying to work out because, like you said, Gav, um, the players don't know until it's announced. It's it's not in the coach's interest for it to leak. Um, I can't see it in the Lions uh, organizers' interest that it leaks. Um, so the only thing I can think, given the inaccuracies in it, is that it's PR companies. Or somebody working on behalf of the sort of corporate partners, which is how they're described, um, that that are sort of putting these things out just to try and generate chat. Maybe I mean it could be could be the woman that works the the photocopier in the, you know the, wherever they're having their meetings or something. You know, you never know. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think it's I, a I'd strange seen, one. I had seen a bit of chat that um, I think I think the England squad to go to Argentina. Is actually announced in the morning, um, and I'd seen a, a bit of chat that basically, obviously, with players like Joseph and and Longbury would be would be on that tour and Hartley, um, but yeah, that, that doesn't seem so. The, maybe I think the, the suggestion there was that the, the leaks, sorry, were coming from the um, the England side of things and somebody involved there, but because of the inaccuracies. Um, I can't really see that being being the case. I think probably you're you're right. It's more likely to be a kind of corporate partner uh, trying to drum up a bit of interest, or yeah, the tea lady getting the, the wrong end of the stick at the is it Scion Park? I think the, the hotel is in London. 
Yeah, but our work, we've got little things we have to press against the photocopier before we can release printing to make sure it's all secure. So maybe it's maybe it's something that the uh, I don't know the the um, whoever's in charge of administration that the lines needs to look at to make sure that their uh, their equipment's up to scratch. Maybe Warren Gatlin needs training in how to operate a photocopier. Could be, could be. Um, that's it from from us. Have you got? Are you guys got anything else? Are you done? Uh, not ready to? Me. I have only only one one glimmer of hope. I counted up the uh, number of players, and it's not even a particularly sort of pleasant thought, but it's a, a little bit of Schadenfreude, I suppose. Um, the number of players still involved in European competition um, between Leinster, Saris, Munster, Gloucester, and Bath, who are all still involved in European knockouts. Um, there are eighteen players in the Lions squad who have to get through two rounds of knockout rugby. Um, so. There are almost certainly going to be injuries. There certainly were last time. Um, Dylan Hartley didn't get picked, so he can't get banned um, like he did last time, <laughs> which I think let let Fordy on after Jerry Flannery got injured, moved him up a rung. Um, so, yeah, um, it might seem like doom and gloom, but it may not be doom and gloom by the time the squad departs. Um, if, I mean, anything, if, if anything, Edinburgh... Um, and Glasgow players are probably best placed given the lack of rugby they've got for the rest of the season now. Yeah, I mean it's it's an interesting one that you would have thought um, that they might he he might have. Uh, it's actually a fairly decent spread across across clubs that they've they've got. I mean I remember looking at the looking at the the one I think it was in two thousand and nine and there was you know it was like Cardiff and Munster pro- produced almost a team's worth between them um, and sure enough you know Flannery got injured. So um, it's uh, it's never nice, never nice when a, when a player gets injured. But you know these guys are gonna. I mean, especially Saris and Munster are gonna be playing each other, and they are that is gonna be some physical game. So it's it's tricky to see. Um, I guess the only thing we have to hope beyond hope is that neither Hoggy or Seymour gets injured in the last couple of last couple of weeks because they deserve their spot and they deserve to go. Yeah, I think just on that, I will go out on a limb and predict that by the time the Lions tour comes home there'll be four Scots um, involved or having played some part uh, what for I've no idea but I think there'll be four Scots having played a part in the tour that seems to be the form of the last few years anyway yeah I mean in England are in Argentina which is a long long way away um, so you've got to think certainly as the tests get closer um, the Scots are going to be more convenient call-ups. Call whether that, whether that is a, a consideration, um, it depends. I mean, the, we think Wales are actually playing somewhere in New Zealand now, aren't they? Yeah, they're going to be not a million miles away, so you never know. But the, I mean, Wales have Wales have just about surely um, kind of been bled dry of guys that have half a chance. Or yeah. Yeah. there's, you know, I'm sure I'm sure our colleague Mr. Jones would make an argument for Luke Charteris who he has a, a sort of inexplicable love for. But, um, yeah, uh, I think, I think you know, the, there's plenty of Sco- Scottish guys, possibly with the exception of the second row, ironically, um, where Launchbreeze is, is, is in the queue. Um, yeah. And maybe maybe Hooker, is, as Cam talked about earlier, but there's still uh, there's still definitely a chance for more Scottish players to get on this tour. There was a graphic, actually, last night on Twitter um, that... Basically, more or less indicated that nobody who plays in the, I think it's the sixth game, which is the game before the first test, 
will play in the test match at all. Um, and I don't know if you remember the, the Brumbies game when b- b- bizarrely Barrett and 12 trees and Shane Williams all ended up in the squad. Um, there's nothing to say that Gatlin might not do that, might do that again. And A novelty team for the, the last midweek game. And if you look at that in terms of people who are handy, um, there's no reason why a few Scots couldn't make it if we're out in, in Australia. Yeah. Well, that game's the same. That's the game on the 20th of June. So that's the game against the Chiefs. It's just four days before the first test. So that is the... Uh, when did I say the 20th of June? Well, that's okay. Cause that's the that's the, that's the the date of the charts. The Institute of Housing and State Management course. That's okay. But um, yeah, that's four days before yeah. Fiji versus Scotland. So... It, yeah, it, it's not an ideal time to lose players, but I guess I'd rather have full strength for Australia and then lose a couple of guys for the Fiji match. Yeah, do you know what? And that maybe ties in with what we were talking about earlier, that you know we should we should win the Italy game. Okay, the, the big test is Australia, and then maybe could we look at Darcy Graham or Blair Kinghorn maybe going out just for the Fiji game? Maybe worth a shout if we lose guys to the the midweek Lions. Yeah, it's an, an interesting one. Uh, I mean, that test in in Suva could be a could be a bit of a banana skin potentially. Um, but I think we should we should have enough to to win that. We should definitely be looking at at two, if not three, from three. Yep, and on that note, um, we will say goodbye for the moment. Um, We will be back um, mid-May-ish just to look back over Glasgow and Edinburgh seasons and then properly look ahead to the Scotland uh, summer tour because we should at that point know um, who has been given the nod. Um, Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at ScottRugbyBlog and visit the website www.scottishrugbyblog.co.uk and I still don't know why I'm saying www.likeit's1999. Don't forget to put the HTTP in front and all that. Um, But for the moment, it's uh, goodbye from me and it's goodbye from Rory. Goodbye. And goodbye from Gav. Goodbye. through. Don't try and be a hero and get a goal yourself. That centre I want up there and I want you to pass. Pass. Always pass. Let the ball do the running for you. Don't try and run with it.